Okay, here we go, everybody. This is another episode of On Purpose. I am Dr. John Duffy, and with me is your very favorite Chicago Tribune columnist, Heidi Stevens. Hi, Heidi. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. How have you been? Pretty good. Right as you um, hit record, a, a beeping garbage truck pulled up in front of my house, so this <laughs> might be loud. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that was on your end, um, but I think <laughs> we're going to call that atmosphere, I think, right? That's kind atmosphere. of like, you know... Yeah, this is a very like Chicago vibe, right? You hear the garbage truck backing up and, you know, you know, like it's what? It's Friday in Logan Square. Apparently, (laughs) apparently I don't I've lost all sense of what day of the week it is. But um, (laughs) do you find that you have also lost your sense of like decorum or like work expectations? Maybe not for what you do, but I used to have like low level panic about someone like one of my kids knocking on my door while I was on a call or something. And now I'm sort of like, I just expect it to happen. And I also expect anyone I'm talking to, whether it's like my boss or like a high level source I'm interviewing to just not care. Or like, if they do care, I don't care that they care. (laughs) I mean, that that happened quick. Like Uh it went from there being sort of certain rules and expectations around work and separating it from life to like, I can't even imagine a time where I cared about trying to separate this stuff. I mean, it would be physically impossible to they're e-learning at home and I'm working from home and we have no office and blah, blah, blah. But, um, but I also just like let go of it all so quickly. It's sort of stunning. I think I think a lot of us have not that this is all what we want to talk about, but I have thought a lot about how um, how casual we've become relative to eight months ago, you know, um, mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, um, uh, I, I read a thing on not that I regularly read J. Crew blogs. <laughs> that <laughs> J. Crew so has a blog. Uh, yeah, there's there's a little thing that's written on their website every once in a while, and they're talking about how. Um, Wait, why do you know that? <laughs> because they there's occasionally there's a new vest that I need to be looking at. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Most of my clothes come from J. Crew, and they're talking about how they're struggling to sell anything with buttons, basically, like you know, a shirt. <laughs> Wait, vests have buttons. That, well, they're not selling any. I'm their only vest customer. Okay. <laughs> the J. Crew himself gives me a ring when there's new vests on the market. What does the J stand for? I have no John? idea. Okay. It, it, it's me. Jason. Jason Crew calls me. Boy, Jason Crew sounds right. I mean, doesn't it? That sounds like it's it a hundred percent Jason or James. <laughs> right. Anyway, I'm not letting you make your point. They what did they say? I don't that they can't sell buttons. They can't sell. They can't sell anything that people aren't incredibly comfortable in. You know, so oh. whereas we used to like get dressed in things, you know, people right. don't really do much of that anymore, right? They're yeah. even, the kids' first days of school. You know, when they might be dressed up just for that day. I've sure. seen all these pictures where they're like they step outside for. 30 seconds, you know, they let their parents take the picture and then they go back inside and sit down at the dining room table and like normal, they do their work. Right. And, um, <laughs> Next to their parents but, doing the same yes. Right, right. Yeah. So, so my world is weird because I think I'm in a weird um, uh, minority in that um, five days a week I go to work. And so I 
I put on the clothes and I come to the building and, it, and I kind of hermetically seal myself in this room and, um, and nobody else is here. And so um, it, my routine hasn't changed a whole lot. And, and that somehow has kept me uh, feeling kind of balanced. And, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that's worked well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish more people had that option. I don't know if people would exercise it with the vigor I do, but I know that like just being at my house is not, does not always work that well for me. Yeah. But and it, and yeah, even but, if clients aren't coming into your office, you still put on, you know, a vest, <laughs> yes, work, yes. like work clothes so that when they see you on their screen, you're, you look like you've come to work. Uh, yeah, I am for them, barefoot, but I just, just <laughs> I'm barefoot. But other than that, I I am clad as if okay. as if work is happening. Yes. Yeah, not like an <laughs> Iron Maiden T-shirt or not that you would not that I would tell anybody. No, yeah, gotcha. I do not have the Iron Maiden T-shirt. It wouldn't okay. be Iron Maiden for me. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> it would be Springsteen. Yeah, <laughs> um, no surprise there. Uh, but I am curious, like, to see if that part is permanent, right? Whether, you know, the um, getting dressed up and having a formal meeting, whether whether we're, we're just leaning toward now something that is far more casual is not quite the word I'm looking for, but it's close, yeah. right? That, um, that, that, that is very different than what we used to do when it was like, I have to be there at eight 30 and prompt and the PowerPoint has to be perfect. And I will say that like, you know, I've been doing, um, a lot of presentations virtually and the tenor of those is so wildly different than, than it would be where I in an auditorium with a podium and all the things, you know, I am kind of just sitting right where I'm sitting now and it's very laid back and casual. Yeah. I I wonder just, I guess work-life balance and working parenthood has been kind of one of my, I don't know if you'd call it a beat, but definitely one of the things I've focused on in my writing for the last, yeah. I don't know, eight, 10 years. I'm curious and hopeful actually a little bit. Um, how often do we feel hopeful about anything lately? Um, I'm, I'm hanging on just with yeah. my, for dear life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think most of us are. I, I wonder and hope if we're gonna, um, be less, if we're the way I'm saying, I, I don't actually care that much if it looks bad for my kid to dart into the room while I'm talking like like the you know we all joked about that the guy on BBC and the kid comes you know right. racing in the room in the yellow sweater and then the baby comes behind in the like little walker on wheels um and that was hilarious and it was like you know an epic fail right but also yes. a hilarious one I, the, the idea of that being a fail is so completely gone from my mind now. And the idea of that being like a, an utterly normal thing to have happened six or seven times a day. Um, and I wonder if we're going to just stop needing to pretend that like one part of our life stops while the other one is happening a little bit less. Like I do, I, I hope one of the things that comes away from this is that like we all are willing to acknowledge and our bosses and colleagues and supervisors and all that 
are willing to acknowledge that like all of this stuff happens simultaneously. It's all really hard to juggle all this stuff at once and not drop something. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, can we just stop even pretending that that was possible? Like, can we, can I go ahead and say like, I got to take my daughter to the doctor at nine and not make up some, like, just say it, you know? And yes, like, can right. I, um, and can I say like, oh, I want, I got to leave early. I really want to see this recital that my son is in and not like, you know, sort of dock out with a clipboard and hope that it looks, you know, <laughs> Um, convincing that it's work related. Um, I, I, I hope, you know, who knows when we're back, you know, in offices and I'm also trying to be aware that a lot of people's jobs look a lot of different ways and you might work in a grocery store, not an office or, you know, a hospital, not a, anyway. Um, I just wonder if this is training us to be a little more understanding and generous with ourselves and our colleagues about like, you know, look, we just, we did it in a pandemic during a crisis. We did all the things all at the same time. Maybe going forward, even when there's not a pandemic and a crisis, we can have a little more grace about like letting people's different parts of their lives bleed into the other parts of their lives. Do you know what I mean? Oh my God. That is such a brilliant point, Heidi. Um, I hadn't really thought about this, but you know, I think about like the BBC moment and how, you know, it, it was so funny at the time, but the funny part was the idea that, you know, his actual life with his family, the other side of his entire existence had to be, and appropriately, the only appropriate way was that, you know, all that stayed on the other side of the door, right? The fact mm-hmm. that just the fact that like the child walked in the room, you know, and, oh, you have a child while you're at work. That's, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, that background <laughs> is your home, back. not your, you know, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Office right. in a sky rise. No, I or love the idea that this, this all, right, this, this can all um, meld together. And I'm even thinking about like, in the grocery store, I, um, I was in a grocery store in Wisconsin not that long ago, and um, and the woman who was checking us out um, said to the woman who was bagging, "Oh, this is my son. Um, do you mind?" And then she took the call, and I and I Aww. remember thinking, like, you know, yeah, that's cool. You know, like we were, it, it was, it felt perfectly normal in a pandemic. I mean, I have no idea how I would have felt about that eight months ago, but right. I. Part of me thinks like mm, even even jobs that are very hands on, um, maybe there's a little grace to be allowed there. Um, but certainly these office jobs where we're on the Zoom calls to think like, you know, we can isolate an area of our home and and pretend. I mean, in a way, a lot of what we do is pretending that, you know, like, no, 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 this is the only thing that matters to me. You know, like this, yep. whatever we're talking about here, you know, the bottom line. You've got 100% yeah. of my attention. Yeah. <laughs> right. When that's never the case, ever. No. Right? We always, we're always divided. And just to allow that to just happen somewhat organically. And, you know, I can almost picture like, you know, somebody saying on a Zoom call, like, you know, oh, hi, Will. How's it going, yeah. man? Like, <laughs> right. how's the baseball season? <laughs> right, <know>? right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's something elegant about that, right? That that, that seems like something, uh, a takeaway um, 
from all of this that, you know, might be useful, you know, and I find myself and I, I don't know if you do this all the time. I do this all the time. I think like um, in a way, try, uh, an attempt to think positively, I'm forever thinking like, you know, so what's the good? What's the lesson we're going to learn here? What's the good we're going to take from all of this? And that yeah. feels like that feels like a little something that would be useful, right? Is like, yeah. you know, oh yeah, my, my kid has a thing, you know, like, I think I want to go to that. So yeah. can you cover for me? Are we good? Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I try to do that too. I try to, it's like, you know, something that I try to be conscious of not using, you know, someone else's grief and, and terror as my like, you know, reset button. Right. Like, you know, well, 190,000 people had to die, but now at least we allow work and life to blur the lines more. I don't like, you don't want to be like that, obviously. But I also think like, I mean, it's interesting right now, you and I are talking on 9-11 and like, I do think you have to, during the worst moments of humanity and the best moments of humanity, ask what you're taking away from it, right? And what you're learning from it and what needs to change in the face of it. And so I think that's like, what I think that's a, an okay thing to do. I don't think that's like exploiting someone's, you know, grief or exploiting a tragedy to like, I mean, you know, you were looking back on that day, right. Yes. And asking what, what, sh what should have been in place that would have kept that from happening? What needed to change after it happened? What healthy responses did we have and what toxic, awful Islamophobic responses did we yep. have? And, um, Yes, I, I, yes I, I think I'm... I think we know what exploiting you know exploiting these things looks like right on a on a grand scale right um, it is kind of like creating the xenophobia or you know um, engaging in perhaps some conflict that is has nothing to do with it <laughs> you know perhaps amusing for are you insane yeah <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, um, not just in the effort to make sense of the, the horrible thing that either happened 19 years ago or is happening in real time now, um, but, you know, almost not even in honor of it, but just like in recognition of, okay, this is, this is our collective reality right now. Um, does it change in light of this event? You know what I mean? It, it almost can be a little more stoic than that. It does, I don't think it has to be broadly emotional. I think it can be like, you know, well, we're leading our lives a little differently in the wake of that. Is, is there something to take away just from that, right? You know, yeah. and here we are like leading our lives very differently than we were six months ago. And, you know, um, I think there are, there are a lot of people who would love to kind of just, you know, slip right back into exactly what we were doing before. And I think then there's a few people and, and I think maybe you're, you're one of these people, but correct me if I'm wrong, who really considers like lifestyle and, um, balance and, and maybe, you know, maybe there is a little something in here that uh, a nugget or more we can take away and say, mm, this, this seems to work better maybe by a margin than what we were doing eight months ago. And we were maybe way out of balance in the way we were living. I think I'll say that uh, I, I feel that way about my life and I feel way oddly more in balance in terms of the way I spend my time than I did a year ago. I, I think a lot was wrong before the 
pandemic, I think a lot was wrong before Trump came in office. I think Trump coming into office and the pandemic made a lot that was wrong worse um, and a lot that was going okay suddenly not go okay. And of course, anyone's life who was lost in the last six months, whether it was through, you know, coronavirus or police brutality or vigilante violence and the face of protests, protesting police brutality, you you name the thing that we've been, mm-hmm. you know, all watching and reading and grappling with or living through in yeah. some cases. Um, you know, certainly I'm sure someone who's listening has lost someone um, to one of those things I just listed. Um, sure. I think that um, I think what's happening right now is I think a lot of us are not are, are trying not to wait until five years down the road or 10 years down the road or 20 years down the road to look back and reflect on this moment and decide what needs to change, you know, <clears throat> in the face of it. I think um a lot of us are feeling like, I certainly am feeling like, well, what do I do right now? Like, this is actually terrible now. And I'm aware of things that probably I should have been aware of sooner, but I'm, you know, shamefully or not aware of them now. Um, what do I, what am I doing? What do I do right now? What do I do? Um, and that's, I think that's good. It's also like, um, I feel like we have no patience um, or appetite for any sort of like nuance or um, almost like, I mean, this is, this is a tiny example, but like yesterday I wrote, you and I were texting about this a little bit. I wrote about the woman who um, was eating at a diner in Mount Greenwood Mm. with her friends, she and one of her friends who were having breakfast are black. And when the server brought their bill by, she was like, Oh, I don't know if you saw that guy over there sitting at the bar, but he paid your bill. Um, and it had been a a white gentleman and he wrote a note on the back of their bill saying that he was a retired Chicago police officer. And for 33 years, he would have given his life for theirs and their lives matter. And, um, the, the woman I interviewed was really touched by that. And she called it a beautiful act of kindness and humanity. And she was hoping to find this police officer. That was kind of partly why I wrote it, hoping that, you know, they, it would get the message out and maybe they'd find each other anyway. Oh, and and the way you wrote it, by the way, can I, can I just, can I interject one quick thing? Because I don't think you will. If okay. <laughs> you haven't read, if you haven't read this piece by Heidi, man, just Google it, and uh, it is, it will make you want that to happen so badly. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> and the Thank PSA. You. <laughs> John, the more you know. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Um, anyway, it, it, you know. It, as I was writing it and as I was interviewing her, like, I will admit there were parts of me that were like, okay, he bought 
breakfast for two black women. Like, does that really erase like the moment we're in where we're, we really, really need criminal justice reform and we really, really need like unarmed black people to stop being shot. And like, and then I had to check that too. Cause it's like, that is not at all what she's saying. She's saying this was a beautiful, this note and the picking up her breakfast tab was a beautiful act of humanity and kindness. And don't those matter as well? I mean, aren't, that's not the same as reform, but it still matters. And also it, the breakfast tab and note weren't for me, they were for her. And so how she feels about it 9,000 times matters more than how I feel about it. So anyway, this is all that's going through my head as I'm writing about writing it. And then the reception was interesting because I got people emailing and commenting and tweeting, um, all, all sorts of different stuff, mostly like loved it and hope that they meet. Um, but a lot of stuff that was like, you know, okay, this, you know, feel good stuff just like, um, distracts us from what really needs to happen. Like kindness isn't saving anyone's life. And somebody on Twitter called it copaganda, like propaganda yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I, I just thought somebody like, trying to trademark their word right right <laughs> i don't know if it was capitalized or not i have to go check um <laughs> but it's interesting because i do feel like it's you know i mean the 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 positive hopeful reading on that is that we are a very energized engaged electorate right now right and and people are tired of the status quo and they want change and i think that's good i also think that like it's hard to have any sort of nuanced um let's look at this from a couple different angles conversation right now because it's immediately like you're either helping or you're a monster (laughs) like you've either done it exactly the way i would and you've fixed everything immediately or you're trash um and it's hard to think of how we get out of that habit or past that because i like that i that i almost a hundred percent put at Trump's feet. I think it's the way he talks. It's the way he engages people who he disagrees with. It's something that we've sort of debased ourselves down to his level in order to like compete with him. Um, I, I think it also speaks to the urgency of some of the stuff we're trying to solve for right now. Um, but, but I do wonder like when we look back on, 2020 and some of the years leading up to it, if, if we're going to think of that as like, oof, remember how toxic and tense all of that was, or yeah. is it going to be like the beginning of when things stayed permanently toxic and tense? You know, that- I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. As you talk, Heidi, I'm just thinking about, um, I, I'm having literally, uh, I'll just, um, offer them having a visceral reaction that's almost a little embarrassed because I find that, um, and uh, you, we, we, uh, you and Michael and Julie and I and, and, and Bella, our, our friends, and Andy got together the other night. We were talking about politics a little bit. And, um, and Julie, I think, might have mentioned that um, because I uh, engage most of my days in these exercises in therapy and um, am in other people's stories, when I get home, I often kind of, uh, I will seek out 
opinions that seem to differ wildly from mine and then swear at my phone for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think I'm, I, you know, as, as you speak, I'm thinking like, yes, there is no nuance in that. And that does feel like part of the problem. And um, when you said uh, what stopped me in my tracks is you laying that at Trump's feet, because I'm thinking like, yeah, and I think I take the bait. At times, I know I take the bait. And um, and I did it this morning when somebody posted, <laughs> if I, I'll just say <laughs> what happened. <laughs> somebody posted on Facebook that uh, the Democratic Party is trying to legalize pedophilia, which, of course, is 100 percent true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. I signed a position for that. Of course. <laughs> I think we're all looking forward to that happening. Yeah, um, no, for sure. And so I, you know, I found myself, you know, um, crafting the most absurd response to this, as if this begs some kind of response, right? And <laughs> as, if, as if that post was a reasonable post in the first place. It, right. it all is... You know, we're we're all screaming into the void because we're because that's being modeled, right? And and yet it gets us nowhere, and there is no nuance to anything. And so, um, so coming back to your Mount Greenwood story, I'm picturing like if so, you were talking about how you know what it means to these women is way more important because of what they've been through in their lives and the color of their skin than it than your opinion or my opinion. I think you're right about that. But I'm also thinking a lot like, okay, so if you're this cop, right? Um, I don't know. And I think this was part of the commentary that, that was being laid at your feet on social media. I don't know that we can say that he thought like, okay, I bought somebody breakfast. Racism is over now, you right. know, like or right. You we thought, have no like, reason to believe that. Right, right, right. This is a, maybe this is a little gesture nudging in the right direction. I just want these people to feel better about maybe the police department or about our connection a little about better. Maybe this a little neighborhood something. that doesn't yes. have a great reputation. I want them to feel that they were welcomed here. Yeah, we don't know. Right, we don't know, and and so we, but we seem to be. Um, happy to jump to conclusions. And we, uh, I guess I'll say me, <laughs> but I think a lot of us are happy to jump to conclusions. And in a way, we do adopt Trump's um, method of communicating, right? In mm -hmm. that, you know, if we see something that um, supports our point of view, we're going to blast that out to the universe and, you know, like, see assholes. <laughs> I was right the yep. whole time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if we see something that does not confirm our bias, um, you know, then, then we'll do the opposite. Right. Um, and there's, there's very little pardon this moment that, that's quite so binary and black and white in, in life and in the world. And, um, and maybe these little nudges are what we can do right now. Right. So maybe what that police officer did in that diner, you know, though not a hundred percent, you know, fixing the problem, um, that little act of kindness, maybe that moves the needle a thread, you know, just a little bit. And, um, and if we dismiss that as like, you know, yeah, nice try, but you know, like that we have bigger problems than that, you know, you think that's going to fix it. It's like, mm, probably not. 
you know, probably he does not think it's going to fix it. Um, and none of us are single-handedly going to fix any of these problems that we're talking right. about. We're, you're, you're right that there's a lot wrong. And, um, and I think we're also kidding ourselves if we think like, you know, if we get a new president in office, you know, like that, then we can rest, then we can rest easy and everything right. will be better. You know, like right. I, I think that, that, you know, this has been kind of a four year litmus test to just show us like, yeah, what we thought was going on. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the rest that Obama might have been giving some of us is was maybe a little ill placed as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think when I think about the word resist and, you know, that has taken on a, almost a whole new meaning, I would say, since Trump was elected and, you know, the first Women's March and, and oh, the beginning yeah. of all the marches that have happened in protest of his policies and has just personality <laughs> all everything he stands for um and, the and everything that's March, happened in america way, was, since he what's that uh, it, this all happened since this man was president which, which is i'm just kind of like reflecting that you know like ah the first women's march that had to be what eight nine years ago and i'm thinking no 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 <laughs> yeah january i would think it was the day after his inauguration right it was the first one yes i know yes. Right now. It was 2017. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, I think like one thing that that I it's not the same use of the word, but I think I am trying to resist becoming more like him um, or resist letting him change the way I um think about and engage with humanity. Um, and I don't know, it, you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier too. Like there's this temptation when big news breaks, right? The Atlantic story about him calling, um, veterans suckers, losers, and losers. Suckers, yeah. um, the Bob Woodward tapes going public about him, you know, actually understanding how dangerous, coronavirus was and understanding that it was far deadlier than the flu and understanding that it's airborne and then going to the public and saying the exact opposite. Um, there's a temptation when those kind of stories break. And I see it happen all the time. Um, even among, even, even in my house, sometimes when we talk about mm -hmm. this at dinner, um, to receive those big stories and then immediately, um, like place your, odds on whether it'll make a difference in November. Like that becomes the thing like, Oh, people won't care. That won't move right. the needle at all. That's not going to matter in November or, Oh my God, this is it. Now he's toast in November. Or like it immediately becomes like, we're all these tiny political analysts walking around. <laughs> like, you know, it's just Nate silver on steroids, <laughs> right, right, which right. is like, fine. I guess you want to be intentional about stuff and understand the consequences of what you're talking about and what you're putting into the world and think strategically. Right. And, and I get that. I, I think also like, this is another thing I'm trying to resist, right? Just this temptation to like, think of everything in terms of like, will it matter in November? Like, I also want to talk about and think about like, does it matter to our humanity? Like, does it matter it matters. I'm not going to say does it. It matters right. that 
that he probably called veterans losers and suckers. It matters that Bob Woodward, who fucking brought down a president, <laughs> was able to tape this asshole. Was able, I mean, how stupid are you to say on tape to the journalist who brought down a president one thing and then go to the public and say the other thing and, and on, a, on a matter of life or death? on a matter of 190,000 deaths actually so far just in America. Um, like, I feel like that matters whether he gets reelected or not. We still have to be able to feel and express our outrage about that. So I don't love, I'm just going to say, I don't love the reflex to like immediately turn the conversation to like whether this matters in November. Cause I do think that chips away a tiny bit at, our humanity. I do think we have to leave room for just expressing like our visceral, like instinctual rage at and and grief and sadness at some of this stuff that's happening. I I totally agree, and I and I think that um, the lack of I don't love the word decorum, but I do like the word like decency. I love you. You use the word humanity a lot, and I find myself adopting that. And a lot of your words, by the way. <laughs> so I apologize for all the. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send I, you a bill. That, that's fine. <laughs> I'll look forward to hearing from your lawyer. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I've just, copyrighted just that, a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> Is humanity your word? Am I, how yeah. bad am I? How mm-hmm. screwed here? Um, but yeah, I mean, um, that the, the, the lack of humanity in so many of the things that the president of the United States says, I just think about, um, first of all, how corrosive it feels internally to me. Um, and then I think about, and I, and I suspect you do a lot of this kind of thinking as well, I think about like the, the kids that I work with, the young people that I know, and that they are growing up in this world where um, this happens day after day after day. That, you know, um, there was some debate, um, and I found myself engaging in it about whether Trump actually did exactly verbatim what the Atlantic piece said he did. But mm-hmm. at the very least, I think we could say, it passes the plausibility test. And I was telling you earlier that um, the the rapid nature with which these stories come, like, you know, you, you, you described two scandals that I think in, and, and I think literally in any presidency would, would ruin somebody, right? You know, yep. it would actually be a, a significant mark Yep. And I, I was describing earlier that um, a lot of times this feels like a boxing match that I am perpetually losing. Uh-huh. And so, you know, every time, every blow is followed so closely by another one that I can't really think like, um, did I, did I break my jaw there? Uh, but no, I got, there's a, here comes another one. I got I can't even yep. think about what just happened. I, the Atlantic piece doesn't matter. Bob Woodward's coming. Wait a minute. Hold right. on. Gonna, <laughs> right. I don't know what's you know, I, I, oh, and is there still a with, pandemic going on? I think there is. <laughs> right. 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 And, and all this is right. This, this great, you know, what the avoidance of the real things happening. But I do think it is important. I do think it matters the, the words we use and, um, and the lack of 
kindness in, in, in all of it, right? The lack of kindness and inclusiveness and, um, and the anger um, with which this guy speaks all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I, um, you know, my, my son is, is 24 years old. Your kids are not. And, and, I, and I feel for you. I feel for um, all these kids I work with who have to who, who don't know any different than this, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and we can say you can you pick your former president and you and I could probably spend the rest of the day pointing out their flaws. Mm-hmm. But I can't pick one where I thought they behaved foolishly every single day. And this was the main story of every single day because somehow he's managed to kind of get a stranglehold on a major element of social media and a whole entire 24-hour propaganda station and mm-hmm. you know like yep. to be in our faces constantly you know like the what I in part think back um wistfully about the Obama years in large part because I didn't think about him every day. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, it wasn't on my mind, you know, mm-hmm. and this guy is forever kind of like assaulting our senses with this crap, right? You know, um, not to be judgmental, but half an hour ago, <laughs> but that's, that's part of, um, the 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 whole big picture to to me anyway, and I, I clearly view is um, n- not policy. I don't even know, I, I don't know that this guy really stands for much in the way of policy. You know, like I think if somebody told him, you know, like um, you know, hey, you know what would really really light up the populace and make you a super popular guy is if you open the borders and, you know, and, and, and put forth Obamacare and put your name on it. And then I, yeah. suddenly I think there'd be this massive shift, right? And, oh yeah. And you, there was that story You invited about... some black people to the white house. <laughs> right. Right. There was a story and I don't remember who, what outlet first reported it, but it, it might've been the New York times. Anyway, it was, um, how like the whole build a wall thing, like he was never actually planning on building a wall. It just was like an easy, almost like a mnemonic device, like for him to remember to bring up immigration in his wow. campaign speeches, like Google it or I'll find it and send it to you. Um, but that it was so like, makes sense. Build a wall was easier than like him actually grasping like immigration reform or open borders or not open borders or so he just remembered to at every you know moment there was Rally. a pause to say build a wall and then it became like a thing he had to try to do. Um, but I agree, I don't think much of it's <laughs> right. rooted in like a vision for the country or you know what would be best for the most number of people or blah 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 blah. I don't think any of that. Right, occurs. right, <laughs> and, 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 and it's chance worthy too, right? You know, just like you yeah. know what law and order and you know like these right. other kind of like what turn out to be very very empty phrases, right? Including build a wall, which you know like uh, that that so makes sense to me. I mean, I would love to read whatever is written about it, but I'll find um, it. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's that rings pretty loudly. Um, so um, so what then? Um, in Are you going to ask for a takeaway? 
Yeah, I'm asking for a takeaway. Well, I like the idea. That's the podcast you do with Julie. We don't have takeaways. That's right. No, we're just done now. We're done. (laughs) Bye. There's a garbage truck out front. I gotta go. No, I have a takeaway. Um, You have a takeaway. Here we go. I do. I think. Um, I am gonna resist turning into Trump or or turning into the lefty version of Trump. I, this is, I'm making this commitment to myself. I am not going to be cowed into like pretending kindness doesn't matter. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I'm a political analyst or should try to think and act more like one. Um, I'm not going to like give in to my worst instincts of like finding the meanest, sharpest thing to say, even on Twitter. Um, like I'm going to see what he does and what frankly makes him so popular and so good at what he does. I mean, certainly the pe- the people who love him, the people who are like in his cult love him, um, can't possibly think it's for like his, you know, exceptional, you know, financial acumen or like, I mean, he's literally like siphoning money off the, you know, nine 11 fund for sick firefighters. Like he's, I mean, Anyone who's paying attention to what this guy actually does couldn't possibly excuse it or be a fan of it. They like his style. There are people who yeah. just like like how mean he is. I, I I think it works for him. I'll just say it that way. Yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna commit to not doing that just because it could work for me too. You know, like I think all of us have parts of our lives where like we could adopt some of those styles or habits and it would work like it would make us the funniest guy in the room or the like you know the one that people are scared to challenge in the room or you 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 can find a way that it would work for you i for sure i'm gonna that's my takeaway is that's my like version of resisting i um i i now wish that we had more effective pre-podcast meetings because um, I, did you forget to hit record? No, oh. I hit record. I'm, okay. <laughs> I, I, that's a hard takeaway, man. I so want to join you in the takeaway. <laughs> I want a different one. I need a different you, takeaway. I can't do it. <laughs> we don't have to do the same one. We don't have to no, say, have I, the same I, one at all. No, I, 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 I love that. Um, I'm just trying to reflect on the reality that, um, that is mighty. Um, I, I don't think that's easy to do. I, I, maybe it's easier for you than me, but, um, but I doubt it. Right. I mean, uh, it, it is not that hard to sink to the lowest common denominator. I found that I, I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> I kind of enjoy that. <laughs> okay. So wait this, a minute this, though. I don't, I don't think it means not calling out injustice or not like, you know, pushing back on bigotry or small mindedness or like refusing to have a voice. Like, I don't think it's the same thing as that. So I don't like I hope it's not coming across as I'm like. Now I'm nice to everyone. <laughs> now I'm right. Ellen DeGeneres and I'm going to go to a football game with George Bush. I'm not saying that. I might okay. go to a football game with George Bush if it was the Cowboys and he gave Willis a seat. But no, I, I probably still wouldn't. Um, but 
But I get your point, man. I I really do get your point. I'm not saying now we have to remain neutral and kind at all times. I'm just saying I'm not going to like, I'm going to still honor what I believe, which is that there's room for nuance and that kindness matters, even if it's not the solution to everything. And I don't have to be an asshole on Twitter just because Trump is. Okay. You go. Okay. All right. That, that, that I'm now I will jump on board. Um, and first of all, I think you pull that off. Actually, I think you already do that. I don't think you're an asshole on Twitter. And yet I think you make your points, um, with kindness intact. And so the needle you're looking to thread, I think you do organically. And, um, I think that's just who you are. Um, thank you. I'm, I will, I will work toward that. That because I really do, I really do value what you're saying. I sincerely, um, and it's everything in a way, right? In, in a way, it feels more important than what happens on November third, um, because yes, that's we, what I'm saying. Yes, if we if we can um, come at, address each other with clarity and kindness, and still a point of view and strength, um, there's the, then there's a lot that can happen there. Right. Um, but if it's just this, um, well, use the word mean and simply like, that's really what does work for him is just being mean. Mm-hmm. And if we can just extract that, right. I think we've, we've done ourselves uh, a massive service. Right. And, um, and the face of a nation does not have to be this one, screaming face. It can be all of us. And, um, and if we collectively are a little kinder, um, but still express our points of view that, that I can get behind that, that makes perfect sense to me. And, um, and I could nuance, certainly nuance my messaging or, and still say something. So I, sometimes I find myself saying nothing in the face of something where I'm like, I feel like I really want to weigh in here, but I, it's just going to seem like I'm an asshole and I want to do something different than that. But I think if we give it a moment, which I also think we, we've lost is that idea of patience and giving it a moment and thinking through like, what do I really want to say here? And not just reacting because one thing I picture in my head, Trump, Trump is, in bed all the time <laughs> with, with a bank right. of televisions and one phone yep. right in front of him, <laughs> just reacting to shit like crazy all day long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. Diet Coke, get the ready. Yes. I, I think of it as like Michelle Obama and even specifically Michelle Obama's Democratic National Convention speech mm. versus... Trump's tweets like that. So like Michelle Obama would be my North star and Trump's tweets would be my, I have failed at every possible part of my life to be a good human, to be a good mother, to be a good journalist, all of it. Yeah. Daughter, you name it. Um, so her speech and a lot of what she does and says, um, are and were strongly worded and highly critical of bullshit. 
Um, and, and injustice and inequality and unhealthy, everything that, you know, this country has done and continues to do. Um, and, but, but it wasn't like toxic. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I so know what you mean, Heidi. Um, it was, uh, I, I loved that speech. Um, I've watched that more than once. I, I don't know if you have, but you know, just because it was, Beautifully, like, human. Um, one of my favorite moments there uh, was, effectively, she she's so self-effacing and, and honest um, to the point where it, it is, except it's really strongly worded, and, um, and she makes her point with abundant clarity, and I think we could probably summarize it pretty easily because she didn't meander. She was very clear. I love that she almost leads with, you guys kind of know me. I hate politics. Right. <laughs> like, I, think, right. I thought that. I think that, like, in, in a way, that just allowed any viewer from any position to kind of breathe and recognize, like, okay, this this, this is a human being talking like a human being, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of pretending like you know, I you know this this is an important democratic system, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. to just say, yeah, I hate this bullshit, you know, like, right. <laughs> Like really honestly, but this is part of our lives. We have to. It's it's a necessary evil that I've I've had to live with my whole life, and um, and then you know mm-hmm. and they go on to make these really potent points. But to do it with, I don't know when I whenever I think of Michelle Obama, from her book podcast um, and every word she says, and there will be you know we, we might get some hate mail. I, <laughs> I have no idea how this is going to work out, but. <laughs> Because she's one of the Welcome few the people. She's one of the few, <laughs> few, like, I have very few North Stars in my life, but she is one of them. I mean, what be, way before he Sam. is, she, she is because there's this grace about her that feels so undeniable to me. You know, that I'm always taken aback when somebody says, you know, like, yeah, I don't like her. Like, Oh, yeah, that's got to be racism. Because, right? <laughs> because, <laughs> because there's yep. nothing else to hate there. Nothing it, at exactly, all. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. I like that um, idea of more Michelle Obama, less Donald Trump. Let's see how we do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I bet we do better. Wait, so we have the same takeaway. We have, oh, yeah. I'm, 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 Definitely leaning on your takeaway. It's it's a great one, and it honestly it's a great it's a challenge. Um, I think for I'll just speak for myself. It's a big challenge for me. I think it might be a big challenge for anybody else who's willing to adopt it. But it seems like a great mandate, especially for these next few months. Mm-hmm. I think so, so. Thanks for that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So um, this is on purpose. We'll talk to you guys in a week or seven. <laughs> or in, <laughs> or in twenty after November. <laughs> exactly. Uh, All right, probably Heidi. before November. I'm, I'm I'm thinking before November. Let's let's yeah. make it. Let's make a promise of it. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Have a good weekend. All right. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye.